0: At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. The more I travel and I'm around other people, just different people, I constantly think about the fact that every human being was created in the image of God. Every human being was created in the image of God. You know, if you're somewhere and somebody's annoying you, it'd help you to keep that in the back of your mind that every human being was created in God's image, and God loves everybody, everybody. Doesn't mean we have to like everybody. We really don't have to. Actually, it's kind of liberating to know you don't have to like everybody and what everybody does. But you have to love them. You can't allow allow a spirit of hatred and unforgiveness to rule in your heart because it'll be like a cancer and it'll destroy your life. But I think that one of the best ways to do that and accomplish that is when you're looking at a person, realize they were created in God's image and he's pleased with them, everybody. And I'll tell you this. And I've learned this through experience in my 45 years of salvation with God. He doesn't like it when I'm ugly to one of those that were created in his image. But the other thing that helps you to understand that about people is that if you have understanding and revelation from God in your life, if you do, when you look at other people and they're not acting like him, If you start being ugly to them, you're not acting like him either. But what you know is that what they need is to know him like you know him. And the best way, the best way is to pray for them. The best way is to pray for people. We've taught you around here for a while, how to do that. How you can come across people. I was, on, I was ministering in northern New Mexico this week, and um, I flew out there to Albuquerque and drove to northern New Mexico where I was preaching. I've been doing a tent revival up there since 2012. For 11 years I've been going up there. When I was flying home, Ten minutes before we were about to land in San Antonio, the woman next to me, sitting next to me, she hit the button for service, and the stewardess lady came back there, and she was needing to sit down because we were about to land, and she couldn't breathe. This woman sitting next to me couldn't breathe, and the stewardess lady did a really good job, and she moved her and you know I was praying in the spirit about what do you want me to do about this and I got no leading to do anything and th- these ladies took care of her I could have probably disrupt- sometimes you can disrupt something when it's not your time but I knew it'd be my time somewhere in that little time period to do something for that woman and that's all you want all you want to do for people is what God wants you to do for him A lot of times the worst thing you can do is preach to people that have no revelation. Man, I run them off. They get mad. They don't want to hear your stuff because they don't understand your stuff. Plane landed and everybody sat on the plane until the paramedics came and they took this lady off. And, Man, I just... I, you know, I find myself weeping about things like this because the thing I'm weeping about is is that woman. <laughs> I'll probably never see her on this side, but that woman's in my wheelhouse. And I was, I was getting off the plane, and she was already off. I was just praying in the Spirit. I thank God for the Spirit of God. Because, see, He cares about everybody. You know? When that woman got on the plane, I was sitting on an aisle seat, and there was nobody in my seat, and it looked like nobody was going to be between me and the guy on the other side. And then she wanted to sit there, and it kind of aggravated me. I wanted some elbow room. You know, hour and a half flight. I need, I need elbow. God had another plan. And when you learn those kind of things, then you, you open yourself up to being good and kind no matter what's being done to you. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I thank God that I can, I can draw from that and I don't have to be a jerk because I have been. But we grow up and we learn how to be like God and reminding yourself all the time that every person you come across in life was created in His image and He loves them. He loves them. And I got off the plane and The paramedics were working, but they had her in a corner over there, and there's kind of a lady standing so nobody would come back there where they were working on her. And I went to that lady, and I said, I was sitting next to that lady on the plane. She goes, oh, okay. And I said, would you tell her that the man that was sitting to her right is praying for her and will always pray for her? that lady looked at me and she said, I mean, I thought she was going like to break down and cry when I said that because I was about to break down and cry when I said it. Because the crying is about the privilege to be a part of that woman's life. She was created in the image of God, and I can tell you, she was freaking out on that airplane. I don't know she was between a, you know, an anxiety something, and, and I don't know what else wrong with her. But her name is Phyllis. And her name's in my list. And every day, Ephesians 1 and 3 and Colossians 1, the prayers there, I'll pray for her every day. She's just included in the list. She was created in the image of God. Does she need that? Hmm? I felt like the woman that was working for for TSA there that was standing, I felt like she wanted to say to me, would you pray for me every day, right? Everybody wants to be prayed for. But you know what? I I want somebody praying for me that knows how to believe God. Because I believe that the words that I speak over Phyllis every day from here on out, they will not return void, but they will accomplish what I set them out to accomplish. and What the enemy meant for whatever, it's turned to the good and there's another lady, huh? Headed to heaven. Because the prayers that I pray every day, they make sure that people get saved, those prayers, and they make sure that people come to the knowledge of the truth now, in this life. They may not be saved this week or next week, two months, three months, but before they leave the planet, I'm believing that word will not return void. It will accomplish that. I'm so privileged to have that revelation and understanding for the good of human beings' lives. So everywhere you go, when you're somewhere, you may be at a restaurant after church and waiters taking too long, just remember they were created in the image of God. It'll help you. Just a little nugget to help you. They, they, they were created in the image of God. God loves them, and God needs them. You know, And God they need God, and they need the revelation of His Word. Can you say amen to that? That's the way it works. Amen? Today, I want to share with you... How how many liked our relationship series? Amen. Five of you. Good? 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 (laughs) (coughs) No. But, I I mean, I I really enjoyed teaching that, and I, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those words, because they will... Challenge you about all the different the plethora of different relationships that you have in life. We all have different ones with different people. And God's got the answer to all of those. Amen. He's got the answer to all of those. And 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 the better that your relationships become, especially the ones that you have difficulties with, the better that life is. So I really encourage you in that. But today, I'm not starting a new series yet. <clears throat> because I can't get off of what I've been sharing in a couple of Wednesday nights as of late. And um, I had several different titles, or you know, a couple of different titles, I think, or maybe one title, and now this title's kind of shortened it. But the title today of what I'm going to share with you is f- being free from fear. Free from fear. Did you know that over... Over I don't know exactly how many, maybe all, maybe as many as 350, but over 300 times in the Bible, it says in one form or another, "Don't fear, don't be afraid." Over 300 times in the Bible, it says, "Don't be afraid," and. Uh, This morning I, I, I want to hit this just from a little bit different angle and I want to I look at a story in Mark chapter 9. <clears throat> and uh, I want to read three verses here in Mark 9. Verse 21 and 2 and 3. And uh, this is a story of a father that had a deaf-mute son, and um, this deaf-mute was full of, ha- had a number of different demon spirits, and, and this father brought his son to the disciples and said, would you do something about this? And they tried to cast those demons out, and they couldn't. And um, <clears throat> When, he, when Jesus found that out, this is what he said to them. He said, You faithless generation. He didn't say, Hey, good try. Way to go, bud. No. He called them a faithless generation. And many times in the the Gospels, when he made those kind of comments, he said, how long am I going to have to be with you? Because he already knew his days were numbered on earth. How long do I have to be with you? I've already shown you. I've I've, I've, I've given you examples. I've released you. I've given you a kind of a down payment of the anointing of the Spirit being manifested in your life. And and what's the deal? You, You, what? You can't do anything about this. So, Jesus said um, <clears throat> in the 21st verse, because um, he asked them, he said, bring, bring, the, bring the boy to me. And I, I want you to look at something in these three verses that personally, I'm not, I've not seen, there's one thing here. That, that I've seen it, but I haven't seen it, and I want to give it to you how I'm seeing it, okay? So, Jesus said here in in verse 21, so he asked his father, how how long has this been happening to him? And um, when they had brought um, the son to him, he had fallen on the ground, and he was jumping around, and he was foaming at the mouth, and and right in front of Jesus and the Father and whoever else was there. But Jesus' question to the Father was while the boy was, you know, bouncing around and foaming at the mouth. And he said, because see, Jesus' whole ministry was about challenging everybody based on where they're at. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, this morning... And this is an encouragement to you. But you've got things in your life right now that you need to cut off the connection that you have to the enemy based on your past. Because your past that stays present is affecting your future. Your past that stays in the present And you still being moved by things and still having attitudes toward people or situations and not being able to get over them, they're hindering your future. So, another opportunity that Jesus took to challenge this man, he said, so he asked the father, he said, how long has this been happening? And he said, from childhood. And often he's thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him, talking about the demons. But if you can do anything, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, I'm going to say something that I'm already apologizing up front for having to say. I'm just telling you, people can get funky about challenges. Who do you think you are? I mean, did somebody tell you something about me? I I can't tell you how many people through the years have gotten offended because they felt like somebody told me what they're going through because of what I was preaching. I was directed right at them, like I was looking at them the whole time. I've never done that in thirty-four years of pastoring. I've never done it. Thought about it. But what I realized was the person you're preaching to is not gonna get it. And then everybody else is gonna think you're preaching at them. Doesn't work. Preach the word. Can you say amen? Amen. But the thing that the thing that's that's difficult. And 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 it looking he, here at this, the man answers, tell the man answers Jesus' question with his answer, and then he says, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And that's what most people want. Remember, I already apologized for this. Well, no, not really. Most people want you to do something for them. When they have a difficulty or something's going on, most people want you to do something for them. Now, hold on to that. Just don't get upset. But it's the absolute truth. Most people want you to fix them and fix their situation and and fix what's going on. And here was Jesus' answer in the third verse that I'm reading here, 9 and 23. And Jesus said this, If you can believe, all things are possible to anybody. No. All things are possible to him who believes. But he just got through saying, if you can believe, if you can believe, your, your your son is being thrown on the ground, all this stuff is happening, you want me to fix the thing without you having to believe. If you can believe, then all things are possible to him who believes. Now I'll say this, all things are available to everybody. But all things are only possible if you're developing a belief system. You're going to the Word, you're developing a daily routine like we talk about here, around here all the time. You're developing that daily routine because the, 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 the confessions of the Word of God are changing the way you think so that you can do the Word in situations, you can believe. You see something like this and somebody's fallen on the ground and they're part of your family and you can demand something to happen because you believe that when you go after that, it's going to come to pass. We have to believe. We have but see, when someone says, if you can believe, well, Pastor, I'm trying. No, that's not what he's asking. He knew what this man, you know, and he had, you saw, you see Jesus' great compassion with this man. He knew this man knew nothing, but he was challenging this man for the future. Jesus is going to take care of this thing because he had compassion, and he did, but this wasn't one of those things, one of the times where we see a, a, a healing or a healing manifestation it's not one of the times like there's 16 times in the gospels where there was a healing manifestation because of the faith that someone had. He had faith, this man had faith that Jesus could do something. And in this story here, he says, "Help my unbelief." I'm trying, but help my unbelief. There's nothing wrong with that if you still keep going to God and His Word to develop your belief system. Because I'm telling you, you have more capability to overcome every situation in your life if you stay connected to Him than you have any clue. There's more in you than you have any idea because you were created in His image. You're a reflection of Him, right? Right? You're a child of God, not just somebody that was a mistake or just happened to pop out or whatever. You're a child of the living God, created in His image. You have the ability to do everything that His Word says you can do. And He said, if you can believe, then there's not anything that won't come to pass. So you live your life to develop a belief system, you can accomplish anything. You can get anything done in life if you stay with this belief Because see, see, the thing about it is, see, let's just say I get through with this word right here and I'm standing out in the lobby out there and one of you come to me and you tell me, you know what, that just really offended me. Well, that used to kind of hurt me. But see, my confidence in the Word of God, and I know what I'm sharing is His Word, so if someone says something like that, I can still love them because they don't know what they're doing. They don't even know what they're saying. You know what they're allowing? They're allowing their, their connection to the enemy, his way of thinking about specific things, rule what's coming out of their mouth, and so that's where you have to have compassion. Because, see, if you get offended, if they're offended and then you get offended with them, then who's leading? Both those situations, you just go right over the side of a cliff. Somebody's got to lead, and you know who it is? And you. In every relationship that you have in life, God's called you to be a leader. But to lead with his word and to teach people how to believe the word of God and know that the word of God will work. If you can believe, then all things are possible for your life. Anybody ever watch the Christmas movie, Uh, what is it? Um, Miracle on 34th Street, the new one. And and there's a little segment in there where they they go all over town, you know, because the deal was, do you believe in Santa Claus? And so, all over the town is, I believe. Well, I don't really believe in Santa Claus, but I believe in Jesus. Huh? And it would do you good every day to say, I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe it. I believe it. If you can believe, all things are possible to you to believe. All things are available to everybody, but not all things are possible for everybody. Only those who believe. Only those who will develop a belief system. Not all those who, if you ask them one time, do you believe, and say, well, you know, I'm trying. Well, now it won't work for you. No, no, that's not what it is. To all those who are developing a system in their life, being free from the things of the past, and connected to the Word of God by the Spirit of God today... And allowing that to change the way they think and operate, and as you're a believer, believing all things are possible. Man, I don't know about you, but that's good news. I mean, just me, just hearing myself say that, it's I'm thinking, yeah, man, you're the candidate, and only you can choose whether you're that candidate or not. Jesus already did it all. He saved you. He healed you. He delivered you. He set you free in every single way, and it's you that has to choose to receive what he did for you. That's our part. Did you have to choose to receive Jesus as Savior? Then you have to choose to receive him in every other way. Not enough just to receive him as Savior. I mean, if you want to live the, in, in the fullness of God in this life, it's not enough just to receive him as Savior. Why wouldn't we receive him as healer? Why wouldn't we receive him as deliverer? Because he is that, right? That's his name, Jehovah Rapha, the God that has healed us. Is that right? Is he Jehovah Jireh, the God that has provided everything for us? Yeah. So why would we receive him as our salvation, what we think of as salvation? Because that, that word salvation is the word soterion, and it means to be Healed and delivered and saved a complete package. It's ours. Can you say amen to that? Amen. He delivered you and I. So, as I read these next few verses of Scripture, keep in mind what I've said so that you can apply them to the rest of what I'm going to say here. Second Timothy seven says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given you fear. If he's not given you fear, then you don't have to receive fear. God wants you and I on a daily basis receiving everything that he said is ours. What has he given you? He's given you a spirit of power. Everybody say, I receive that. A spirit of love. Say, I receive that and the spirit of a sound mind. Say, I receive that. That sound mind is your connection in your soul to the word of God and the severing with the sword of the spirit, severing the connections of the past, trying to tell you stuff that's contrary to what God says. As I say this many times around here, God wants you to live your life believing that what you see, how things feel, the way things appear to be, are more real than what he's promised. And it's our responsibility to take from his word by the spirit of God. I mean, it's an open book test. You ever take an open book test? You ever come to school? I can, I can remember coming to school because I'd flunked a lot of tests. And uh, I, I remember coming to school and they said, it's open book! Yeah! <laughs> right? Well, it's open book. The book is open. We've got the one that knows everything about everything living inside of us, and his job is to reveal. But if I'm over here worrying and fretting and focusing and doing all this stuff, and everybody that comes across my path that was created in the image of God I'm mad at, you're not doing anything to believe his word. All that stuff's real. I mean, I'm preaching this message today. And the Bible says that the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. And I'm preaching this. So do you think that some things could come across my path because I'm preaching this that would try to disrupt this? If that's going to make us afraid, then you're going to be afraid the rest of your life. Because the situations I'm talking about, they're real situations. Everybody deals with them. Unless you go, you know, everybody's looking for, you know, dense communities. <laughs> where there's just not as, uh, as many people around to stir you up. But the problem is, no matter where you go, even if it's ten people, you know, seven of them are going to have stuff they are going to push buttons in your life. So you might as well learn how to believe so you can deal with all those. And then you can live in the most crowded area on, on, in the United States of America right now, and that's Kerrville, San Antonio, and Austin. <laughs> hmm? Right? I was <laughs> I was in Las Cruces one time in, in, in New Mexico where my, my father lives, and I was playing golf, and, uh, and a guy was behind us and he, this this about two years ago. It was during COVID. And and there's a guy behind us <laughs> and he's got his mask on, you know, out on the golf course. And uh <clears throat> and, and he comes up behind us and he he um he said, Can I play with you guys? And I said, Yeah, come on. And uh so we we're walking down the fairway. He says, I said, Where where are you from? He said, Well, lived in San Antonio for all these years and I said, Really? I said, I, I live in Kerrville. He said, You do? And you're not moving? And I said why would I move? He said, well, this is two years ago. He said, in the next five to ten years, there's going to be a, another, what he said, three and a half million people that'll be in, in that whole area there. In the, he was talking about San Antonio, in the San Antonio area, New Braunfels and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I, I wasn't going to go into some preachy kind of thing or whatever, but I thought to myself, man, there's that many more people. That we can reach and touch and, and, and minister to, you know? So so you gotta look at it that way, but you gotta see all these people coming in from places you don't like, you gotta see them. Created in the image of God. That's the only thing that'll help you. Otherwise, you'll be mad at everybody all the time. Because there's all these opportunities every day. You gotta see they were created in the image of God, and they need what you have. And you need to be developing what you have. I mean more than you ever have. Ever. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6. This is Moses' last will and testament to the church of... To, to the church. Well, they kind of were the church. But uh, to the, the, the children of Israel that were going into the promised land, the 20-year-olds the and younger and Joshua and Caleb. This was a word to them. And he said, Be strong and of good courage... And he said, do not fear nor be afraid of them. Everybody say them. And the thems are the enemies. So God had told him, the, the 12 spies, go spy out the land and come back and give me a report of what you think about the land, not whether you think you can take it or not. Ten of them said, we can't take it. He didn't ask you. He didn't, God wasn't looking for that message. He was He was saying, uh, Spy out the land and tell me what you think of the land. Joshua and Caleb came back and, I mean, they were ready to take the whole planet. And so he's leaving them this, and he said, there's going to be big giants in there, big enemies, and, and that, the ten spies, they saw the giants. And they, and they said, they were like, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. They never even talked to them. Where'd they get that from? Those lies. They'd been in Egypt all those years, and they got some stinking thinking going on in their head. And they, and they weren't getting rid of that, and they were allowing their bondage from the past to dictate how they saw the future. But Joshua and Caleb were renewing their mind all through those times of bondage, and they were ready to take the world. And they did. And they led them into the Promised Land. But Moses is telling here, Don't, do not fear nor be afraid of them. And, and the only way That you can overcome fear and overcome the past and overcome the things that try to rule your life is to know that God is with you. He said, He said, For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you, He will not leave you nor forsake you. And you need to be developing that revelation right there about God so that it can replace the fear. And being afraid of all the enemies that come against you. Because God wants you and I delivered in this day we're living in. Because the planet is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of men and women on the earth to accomplish what we've been put here to do. We've been put here to win the whole planet. Huh? was going to say how many people were on that airplane yesterday that I was on. I think it was 188. No, I think it was more than that. I think it was over 200. It was one of those longer ones. Southwest plane. It was one of those longer ones. So it was 200 and something people. So out of the 200 and something people, I got one out of there. Well, I was one that had revelation. I don't know how many other people on there had revelation. But there was... There's one on there from now on that's going to be prayed over. So that's one down. Hmm? The Word's going forth today. People listen to the Word that we preach and see it, watch it, and, and take the Word that we preach. All over this city and all over the state and the nation and around the world, people are preaching the Word today. Today, right now. They're preaching the Word today. And that Word is not going to return void and it's going to accomplish great things. And so, as we're believers that are believing, then we're helping other people. And if, if we're afraid of them, if we're afraid of, I mean, the them is anything or anybody that wants to come and try to convince you, you can't overcome in a situation. I don't care what it is. Do not be afraid of them. But the only way you won't be afraid of them is for you to believe that he's with you, he goes with you, he leads you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you to the ends of the earth, to the ends of the planet. That's the God we serve. Can you say amen to that today? Psalm 23 and 4. Remember, as I'm reading these, keep them in line with what we're talking about. Psalm 23 and 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though I go through things, I deal with things, I deal with them, the enemies, the things that I face on a day-to-day basis, David said, I will fear no evil. You, you know, you know the, the old slogan, just say no, not a lot of good results. That's why you don't hear it anymore. Because nobody's strong enough to just not do something bad. You need something else. David said, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. I mean, if you really believe, remember, all things are possible if you believe. And if you really believe that he's with you, then there's not anything you cannot overcome because of his help. And the helper lives in you, and he's there to help you all the time. So there's not anything that you can't overcome. Now watch this, the rest of that verse... Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod represents the word of God. The staff represents the spirit of God. Your word and your spirit, they bring comfort to my soul. They comfort me in the enemies that I face. I mean, I have to say, most people would lie if they say, oh, I can deal with whatever enemy. No, nobody likes dealing with enemies. Nobody likes dealing with ugly people. Nobody likes having to confront situations or whatever it is that you face. Nobody likes that. I mean, you're you're, you're not being 100% honest. Some of you are willing to do it. Other people hide from it. But nobody really likes it. But man, when you know that God is with you and His Word and His Spirit, they comfort you through having to deal with the enemies, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what, what, what's, th- what's in that valley? All kind of them. There's a bunch of thems in the valley. And everybody walks it. But you don't camp out there unless you're still in your soul connected to your past and your past way of thinking. So, a lot of times, you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, whatever that experience is that you're walking through, You see, a lot of people camped out along the way. God just don't want you to camp out. He wants you to come to the other side. And the only way to come to the other side is to know that he's with you. And his word and spirit are actively developing a belief system inside of you to bring comfort to your soul. Everybody get it? Amen? Most of you sitting in here that have been here for a long time, you you know what this means right here. But are you developing this? That's my question. Are you developing it in your life? Now, 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Now, who... who, who needs mercy? hmm And uh, when you need mercy for something, is it something you need? You need mercy for something that you have a right to, that you deserve? You don't deserve mercy. Not a one of us do. But because of him, it's ours. And the things that we need mercy for so much of the time, those issues in life that we need mercy for, it's because we know we don't deserve it. (laughs) We've had unforgiveness in our heart, or we've had attitude toward people or situations, and we've had things that we're not dealing with, and God, you, you cry out for mercy. He said, I'm the God of all mercies. If you're struggling with something in your physical body, and you're not seeing the result that you need, Is there a mercy for healing? There's a mercy for anything. He's the father of mercies. And notice the next part of that verse. He said, who comforts us in all of our tribulation. The tribulation is the time we spend dealing with the thems. Think of each scripture that I've talked about right here. He said He comforts us in all of our tribulation. I said everything I said today to get to this point in this verse right here. I have one other to read after this, but I I wanted to get to this point right here. Remember I said it's an open book test. And Mercy is available for everything that we need until we come to the place of us believing to be able to overcome the tribulations, the the thems that are out there. You know, Moses told the children of Israel, he said, be of good courage. Do Do not fear nor be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of those enemies. You heard those guys testifying. You hear all the time about how bad this is, how bad this situation is, how bad the country is, how, how horrible everything is headed in the country. But what if everybody on the planet got saved and came to the knowledge of the truth? If everybody got saved and everybody came to the knowledge of the truth of God, we wouldn't have another problem. So when it all boils down, our problem in America is not government officials. It's not. It's lack of revelation. Because if everybody had revelation and everybody prayed for people that they came across instead of being moved by them, we'd overcome. But not only is he the father of mercies, but he's the God of all comfort. And when you're developing that belief system, trying to overcome all this crudola and issues with people, he'll comfort you as you're learning to overcome. (laughs) And what do you think his voice would say to you when you feel like you haven't done a good job, you let somebody get the best of you, let a situation overcome you? What do you think his words would be? You faithless wonder. No. That's not his words. Is that a word of comfort? No, he's going to say to you, that's all right. But get back up and keep moving. I'm with you. I'm behind you. I'm at your side. I'm left and right. I'm ahead of you. I'm leading you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you to the ends of the earth. But you know what he's telling you today? I need you to believe my word. Amen. So, to believe his word, you need to be hearing this. Then, you need to hear him say to you what you really need to get out of this. And then, there could be things or scriptures that I'm reading to you today that you add to your confession where even if from today you start saying, I believe, I believe. All things are possible to them that believe, I believe. All things are possible to them that believe, I believe. He first said, if you can believe, I can. Never allow yourself again to say, I can't. Well, I can't do this. I can't. No, no, I can. I can believe God's Word. But you have to begin to confess the Word of God to renew your mind to change the way you think because when your thinking is still attached to the past, then your thinking is attached to the enemy because he's the God of the system, the way of thinking of the system. He has no power. Say that after me. The devil has no power. Yes. He was stripped of everything. Now all he does and all he can do and the only leverage he can get in your life is to keep you stirred up and moved by them and not focusing on developing a system to believe. Now, let me just ask you this. We're all pretty smart, right? But when you see the word all, what does that mean? But it does it mean anything else other than all. Like, did it leave anything out? <laughs> then all things are possible, If you say, I believe, say it, I believe, okay? And you know what? That's not going to make you a believer that's believing because you just said one time, I believe, but the more you say that, the more you're hearing yourself say something that you need to think and, and the way you need to think and how you need to operate. You need to operate as a believer who is believing, not a believer in Christ Jesus who acts like the devil and who thinks like the devil. You can be born again spiritually. God's not sharing your spirit and His spirit with the devil. But you can be born again and unrenewed, and your mind and your thinking are attached to the way the devil thinks. That's why you see so many Christians today making you, you see, you see in the, out, out in the news world, you know, I don't know, I, I mean, I've, a lot of things happen and I don't even hear about it until somebody tells me. Because I, I just don't have time for that kind of news. I need this news. I mean, I, my whole life depended on getting fresh news and revelation from God on a daily basis. But there's a, you see people, they say they're a Christian and they, they said that and they did that. and they, You know, how, how can you do something like that? How can you have a conviction to do something that goes totally against the Word of God? I I don't, I don't get it. Well, yeah, I get it. They do it because they have no revelation. So in their thinking, they're thinking like the enemy, even though they're born again, but they're not developing and renewing their mind and building their spirit man up so that their spirit man takes control of everything they do say and the way that they act. What I'm telling you today is the only way manifestation and being a believer who believes there's no other way because fear is out there to grip you and to control you and to control your life and keep you in a place where you're not receiving from god and today we're believers believing we're receivers and i even have just a tad more good news And it's found in Psalm 103 in verse 20. Every day that I, in the categories of confessions that I make from the Word of God, every every time I speak however many confessions I have in a certain category, like where health is concerned, like I've told you many times, you need to be speaking the Word over yourself before you're going to be any good for anybody else. But when I speak the Word... And I declare things over myself on a daily basis. I always say this, probably in, in every category where I speak the word, I say this at the end of each category. Psalm 103 in verse 20, I say this. It says, Bless the Lord you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. They heed the voice of the Word of God. Well, if I choose to speak the Word on a day-to-day basis, then my voice is His voice speaking His Word. Why? Because I'm His child, I'm His kid. I have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. I'm born again. The Bible says... Those who speak the word like that, the words they speak will not return void, but they will accomplish what they've been set out to accomplish. And the angels of God are taking the word you're speaking and making sure it comes to pass. We have that much more working on our behalf as we develop our belief system on a day-to-day basis. There's no end to what you and I can accomplish and do. Man, it's it's a glorious time to be alive. It's a glorious time to to creatively and strategically, led by the Holy Spirit, to move yourself into other people's lives in real subtle ways. I, I, yesterday, I moved myself into that woman's life that, you know, I, I, I said, she asked me if, if that seat was taken, and I said, absolutely not. And I moved over, and my head was going, dang it. <clears throat> you know, and she sat down there and that was it. There pretty, wasn't, pretty much wasn't much conversation because she fell asleep. And there, were, there was no conversation or anything said after that until that button was pushed and she couldn't breathe. And she was freaking out. And that lady was on top of it and that happened. But strategically, <laughs> by the Holy Ghost, that woman came into my life and that woman will be in heaven. Because of what I speak over her every day. Because the words I speak do not return void, but they accomplish what I set them out to accomplish. And with passion, I I mention her name every day from now on, with passion to see that woman come to the knowledge of the truth. You know what that takes? That takes in her life, because of the words I'm speaking, that takes other people getting into her life strategically. God will send the right person at the right time to be in their life. And and it's a supernatural thing where people's lives get set free. We're winning the planet whether people think so or not. I said you're winning the planet whether people think so or not. Whether you think you are or not, if you're developing a belief system and you're learning how to pray for other people and be in other people's lives, you're saving the world, delivering the world. That's what we've been called to do.